The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by the Association of American Railroads. New technology creates a smarter and safer freight rail network that is ready to meet the needs of tomorrow. Visit AAR.org. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, September 24th. In today's news... Britain's Supreme Court rebukes Boris Johnson as new questions emerge about his relationship with a young woman as London's mayor. A U.S. government watchdog says the FAA misled Congress about the Boeing 737 MAX, and the FBI nabs an army private who shared bomb-making recipes online. But first, the big idea. President Trump told his acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, to hold back almost $400 million in military aid for Ukraine at least a week before a phone call in which Trump is said to have pressured the Ukrainian president to investigate the son of Joe Biden. This is according to three different senior administration officials. Officials at the Office of Management and Budget relayed Trump's order to the State Department and the Pentagon during an interagency meeting in mid-July. They explained that the president had concerns and wanted to analyze whether the money needed to be spent at all. Administration officials were instructed to tell lawmakers that the delays were part of, quote, an interagency process, but also they were ordered not to give any additional information, a pattern that continued for nearly two months until the White House finally released the funds on the night of September 11th under pressure from Congress. Trump's order to withhold aid to Ukraine a week before his July 25th call with Volodymyr Zelensky raises a host of new questions about the motivation for his decision and will fuel suspicions on Capitol Hill that Trump sought to leverage congressionally approved aid to damage a political rival. One senior administration official said the determination to finally release the money was motivated by the fiscal year's looming close on September 30th. There were concerns within the administration that if they didn't spend the money before the end of the month, they would run afoul of the law, eventually prodded by the lawyers and some key Democrats on Capitol Hill. Trump gave the OMB's acting director, Russ Vogt, permission to release the money. Democrats are calling for a full investigation of what they view as potential extortion. Withholding aid from foreign governments is something this president has frequently discussed including with Central American countries when he said they weren't doing their part to help the U.S. with immigrants amassing at the southern border. So this is part of a pattern. My colleagues Karun Demirjian, Josh Dossi, Elad Nakashima, and Carol Lenig broke the story last night. They report that former National Security Advisor John Bolton wanted to release the money to Ukraine because he thought it would help the country while curtailing Russian aggression. But Trump said he was primarily concerned with corruption. He was urged on in this regard by his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Besides Bolton, several other administration officials said they did not know why the aid was being canceled or why a meeting was not being scheduled. Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been quietly sounding out top allies and lawmakers about whether this is the episode, the turning point, and whether the time has come to impeach Trump. Pelosi has been gauging the mood of her caucus members about whether they believe the allegations are a tipping point. She's been making calls, and we've been talking to people she was on the phone with as recently as late last night. And many leadership aides who once thought Trump's impeachment was unlikely now say they think it's inevitable. 
In another major development, several moderate House Democrats who have been resistant to impeachment and represent competitive districts suddenly endorsed the extraordinary step of trying to oust the president. Seven freshman Democrats, all who have previous service experience in the military, the Defense Department, and in the U.S. intelligence community, all from competitive districts, again, jointly submitted an op-ed for The Washington Post last night that said if what's being reported is true, then, quote, we believe these actions represent an impeachable offense. There is a House Democratic caucus meeting scheduled for 4 p.m. Buckle up. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Britain's Supreme Court ruled this morning that Prime Minister Boris Johnson suspended Parliament illegally. Opponents of the UK leader argued that the five-week suspension just ahead of the October 31st Brexit deadline had the effect of preventing lawmakers from scrutinizing the executive. The case could have major implications for Brexit, as well as for the balance of power in Britain. The ruling follows a three-day court hearing last week, which was hastily convened to weigh contrasting judgments from English and Scottish courts on Johnson's decision to suspend Parliament until mid-October. Johnson, who's in New York for the UN General Assembly, told the Daily Telegraph yesterday that he won't resign if the court rules against him, which it now has, insisting that he was correct to suspend Parliament so the government could focus on its domestic agenda. Johnson's also undergrowing fire for his relationship with a young woman and his alleged misuse or misappropriation of public money. In an article published over the weekend that everyone in London is talking about, the Sunday Times of London reported that when Johnson was mayor, his office directed tens of thousands of pounds in government money to a fledgling young entrepreneur and a close friend whose apartment he often visited during work hours. Jennifer Arcuri, an American and a former model, was 27 when she first crossed paths with Johnson in 2012. In the ensuing year, she was given coveted spots on trade missions with the mayor to Tel Aviv, New York, Singapore, and Malaysia. On his plane from London to New York for the U.N. meeting, Johnson repeatedly refused to answer questions about that article, including whether he was in a sexual relationship with the woman. Number two, the Office of the Special Counsel, not Bob Mueller, but the Independent Office of the Special Counsel here in the United States, found that safety inspectors who worked on training requirements for Boeing 737 MAX pilots were underqualified and that the Federal Aviation Administration misled Congress about the issue. The findings of the Independent Government Office have added to new questions about the effectiveness and transparency of safety oversight at the FAA, which has itself come under scrutiny after two new 737 MAX jets it had certified as safe crashed in Indonesia and Ethiopia, killing 346 people. Special Counsel Henry Kerner wrote that the FAA's official responses to Congress appear to have been misleading in their portrayal of FAA employee training and competency. The FAA's Office of Audit and Evaluation determined that safety inspectors for the MAX had not met qualification standards. Specifically, these inspectors had not received formal classroom training as required by the FAA. Number three, an Army private at Fort Riley in Kansas has been arrested on charges of providing instructions on how to make bombs to people he met online, including an undercover FBI agent. Private First Class Jarrett William Smith, 24, was charged with distributing information related to explosives and weapons of mass destruction. In a criminal complaint, FBI officials say Smith provided bomb-making recipes in Facebook conversations. 
The FBI was alerted to Smith's alleged statements on Facebook and then used a confidential informant as well as an undercover agent to engage in online discussions with him. Over time, FBI officials say Smith offered bomb-making formulas to both of them. Investigators found that Smith had talked about joining a far-right Ukrainian paramilitary group in 2016, but a year later, he decided to join the U.S. Army instead. In his Facebook group conversations, Smith wrote last month that he was looking for more, quote, radicals like himself, and he talked about possibly going to kill far-left protesters known as Antifa, or possibly destroying cell phone towers or a local news station. The same month, in another conversation, he talked about using a vehicle bomb, allegedly, to attack the headquarters of a major news network. The criminal indictment does not identify the network. After receiving a number of recipes, the undercover FBI agent wrote to Smith that he had a liberal Texas mayor in his sights and was planning to kill him with an IED. He asked if there was anyone else in Texas who would be a good fit for, quote, fire, destruction, and death. According to the complaint, Smith replied, quote, outside of Beto, I don't know any people that would be relevant enough to cause a change if they died. Beto O'Rourke, a former congressman from Texas, has been in the headlines recently for saying that he would seek to end private ownership of AK-47s and AR-15 rifles. FBI agents arrested Smith on Saturday, and officials say that after his arrest, he made several additional incriminating statements acknowledging that he shared bomb-making recipes with other people who are online and who have them. A chilling story. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, September 24th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.